When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of the gates, ready to go. Friday edition is here with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, 6th and Peabody, our location, live in Nashville, Tennessee, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. A lot to get to today. College football discussion. Bobby Carpenter joins us at 3.20 later this afternoon. Plus, we will have Brent Hubbs from VolQuest.com on at 4 o'clock Central. Jill Savage checks in as she is making her way to Tuscaloosa. Chad and I headed that direction right after this afternoon's show. PK's headed out to Los Angeles. The bright lights of Hollywood is oh, yeah. the uh, the Tennessee Titans try to go on the road Sunday night and uh, face the uh, L.A. Rams and come back with a seventh win on the season. Uh, the question is, will they be able to do it without Derrick Henry? We'll get to that topic uh, a bit later in today's show, gentlemen. Paul big, is big uh, college football weekend as well. Big college football weekend, big NFL weekend, and uh, as uh, I've said and everyone says, you know, Paul's headed to L.A. We're headed to Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, the Los Angeles yeah. of Central Alabama. Yeah. So yeah. it's really the same place, same Paul. That's right. Yeah. Very glamorous. Both places. Very All of glamorous. us will be wearing sunglasses. Right. A lot and of walking high, on the beach. High profile people walking around. Uh, you know, there's a big TMZ presence in both places. <laughs> To try to get snapshots of people. <laughs> Open it's air a, stadiums. Basically, you know, culturally, politically, pretty much the same place. Oh, yeah. L.A. and yeah. Tuscaloosa. We'll come this back, is, compare notes. This is common knowledge out there for people that really follow trends in the United States. Looking forward to this, uh, this weekend. A great slate of games ahead. Uh, Going to be great coming back on a Monday also. Paul, getting your perspective from watching Sunday Night Football, the national game of this weekend. You and guys have, I'll a, have a chance to be down at Alabama you, LSU. You guys have a 30-point spread. Mine's yeah, a, my, a touch smaller than that. My 10th <laughs> game of the week. My 10th best game of the week is where we're going this week. You on, squeezed uh, it in week. there, did you? Barely, yeah. yeah. It's e- there. It's e- there. That's Easily so could have been points. nudged out, but I decided to put them in there at number 10. <laughs> it's really monumental, that spread. It's always a weird game. I'm thinking about this with Alabama and LSU. It's always a strange place to be when... You've got one team who is completely energized. And I know Alabama, it's such old hat now for them to be in the national picture that they don't even care as much anymore. But college football playoff rankings come out and they're second with a loss, which was a controversial move to put them in number two. So they're energized now wanting to fight off the haters that don't like the fact they're there at number two. They want to prove that they're the best team in the country, not just second best, but they, they want to prove they're the best team in the country. And then you have LSU on the flip side of that who has zero energy for this season. There's no care. They've got a lame duck coach. All of the effort is on who is the high-profile guy we're going to hire next. So it's a very for that reason, it's my 10th game of the week because to me, the game isn't the story. The story is Alabama and their fans fighting off haters that they're number two. 
and LSU looking for a coach. That's yeah, the story. And the way Hutton talked about your, your experience at Tuscaloosa earlier this year with the kind of business-like fans who stroll in and say, okay, how much will we win by today? Or with, with no concern about the result. I mean, yeah, you know, you know what you're there to see. You're there to you know, it's witness a, a win. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a church service. You're there to see a sacrifice. You, know? <laughs> you walk in, there's a hustle and bustle about it. You know, you're, you're a fellow, there's fellowship going on in the corridors. <laughs> And you go in for the service, and then Coffee you leave. Hour. You go home. You have dinner on the grounds after the game. I mean, it's uh, service it's, is it's, the same every week. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's the, an Alabama football the game. The coffee hour in between, you know, the the church service and Bible study. Yeah. it's all it's all right. That's the pregame. Yeah, meet every, and greet. It's it's know, all homecoming there. is vacation Bible school for them. It's a I mean, church it's, service. I yeah. love that. It's uh, that that's the perfect way to describe it. I will say though, I talked to a number of Alabama people after that Tennessee game, and they will tell you uh, it was all business. In the third and fourth quarter of that game, there were a lot of very nervous people in the stadium because of how Tennessee was playing, but mainly because Nick Saban was so incensed on the sideline with the mistakes by Alabama in the game that people were a little bit nervous. Ooh, now they, they were quickly for a half. They were quickly well, I mean it was a it was a seven point game in the fourth quarter. They were quickly fine once the interception happened, up fourteen and knew that okay, this is gonna be like every other Alabama game final score wise. But there was a there was a little bit, and this could also be friends of mine, you know, paying Tennessee a little bit of over uh, over respecting Tennessee. Well, oh, we were very nervous with that hypal offense coming in, and very nervous in the fourth quarter. I'm thinking, don't patronize, don't don't patronize me on this. Was yeah. was '93 the pigs fly season? So you had uh, Alabama '92. Yeah, it was '93. So you had '92 Alabama defending national champions. Um, LSU came in 28-point underdogs to Tuscaloosa. And the headline or, or a line in the, in the story Saturday morning prior to kickoff was Alabama will lose to LSU when pigs fly. And that was the headline the next day when LSU pulled the upset was pigs flew. Uh, That's great. My That's buddy, really my buddy Fonte, Kevin Fontanet, down in Fonte. Louisiana, huge, Fonte. Uh, down in Texas, actually. He's uh, actually on Border Patrol. That's his job. Louisiana's always and, in his uh, heart, though. Uh, oh, huge. Uh, he's from Louisiana, huge LSU fan. He will be in Tuscaloosa. And I was checking, he goes every year. Every, every year he goes to the LSU Alabama game. And so I checked with him last night and I said, uh, what do you. How are, you, how are you betting this game at FanDuel? He goes, pigs will not fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And his so, name is Fontenot, right? Uh, Fontenet. Fonte, okay, Fontenet. I'm about to say, yeah. there are, if you go through the history of LSU baseball or football, there's always at least two Fontenots on their team. They may be walk-ons, <laughs> but they always have at least two Fontenots down there. I can't wait Louisiana. to see him. It's been it's a like while. Smith or Jones. That's going to be fun. Um, 1993, speaking of Tennessee, Alabama, that was the year that uh, Deuce Palmer uh, returned a punt for a touchdown to tie Tennessee. I'll always remember that. That was the famous tie between a Heath Shuler quarterback Tennessee team and Alabama in Birmingham. Now they would be two-pointing it off. They would. Um, here's hoping that both of the games that we get to watch uh, this weekend, Alabama, LSU, Chad and I will be there for the Saturday night kickoff. Paul will be Sunday night for Titans-Rams. Here's hoping it's a better marquee matchup uh, under the lights than what we saw last night with the Colts oh. and the Jets. Uh, that's how you handle the Jets. Even yes. though the Colts are a bad team, that's how you handle the Jets. This was just a whitewash. This well, was a was, steamroll of a game. It was the Jets jetting. But they're, honestly, I thought the broadcast and the overall tone about the Jets off of one win, this is kind of the New York hopefulness. Yeah, The Jets saw something good happen. 
The backup quarterback <laughs> came in and he lit things up. And all of a sudden, there was Jets hope. There were, there were people were picking the Jets to win the game. And it was like the Jets had turned the corner. Yeah, but it's the, and the Colts, Jets, too. Yeah, but still, I mean, the Colts are they had one substantially more win. better talent-wise. The, the, the Jets beat the Titans and the Bengals. Yeah. They, they beat the Titans and the Bengals, and you're playing a, a team that only had one more win than the Jets. I mean, These are two division champions right now. <laughs> the Titans and the Bengals, two divi- d- division champs. That So this was a team that's not going to win the division the Jets are playing. I and, thought there was way too much Jets I understand hope. what you're saying. I, it's you're, the Jets. You're spot on. But that's also, I mean, this is, this is nationally televised games. Like, you have to overplay... <laughs> You know, the, competitive. Oh, are the Jets back? <laughs> <laughs> the best since Joe Namath. They were showing Namath highlights. I oh. mean, they were showing a lot of old school good Jets highlights, grainy video, and so, I just thought it was so overblown. With all, with all due respect to the Jets, though, that may have been a slightly different game if old Mikey White yeah, doesn't get knocked out of the game. It's 7-7 seven to seven when he gets in. He gets injured on that touchdown that play to make it 7-7. Seven to seven. I, I was... He looked good. I mean, I know it's a very small yeah. body of work, but compared to Zach Wilson, he looks confident. Yeah, yeah like he looks like he knows it. the offense. He's a he's a very confident quarterback. That's a great You're way. You're not to going describe three it. deep on the Jets and getting a but competitive game. Defensively, the, the Jets were <laughs> atrocious against yes. Indianapolis, and they would have lost either way. But they also had a third string quarterback yeah. in the game. So I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and crush the Jets today like many will, because they had a third-string quarterback yeah. and the game's tied when their backup quarterback went out. And oh, by the way, their backup quarterback looked better than Zach Wilson in one game than he has in every game combined. Jonathan Taylor was spectacular. He's the uh, best running back in football, right? Yeah, now. with Derrick Henry out, he's going to win a rushing title. And still, I, I thought, like, well, we saw more of him. It's still 19 carries. They, they still spread things out a little bit. Hines got six. Wentz went four times. Uh, but 19 for 172 with the 78-yard run and two touchdowns. Um, he he looked really good. And they've got to feature him, I think. Yeah, I don't know. 19's better than what he's been getting, but I'd like to see 22. I know it's not that big a difference, but more Jonathan Taylor is not bad for the for the Colts as they claw back in. Well, they didn't have to run that many plays. Yeah, they didn't because I mean, uh, they're getting 72 Wentz yards. Wentz only threw the ball 30 times. He was 23 of 30 for throwing the 22 football. 22 of 30, yeah. 272. And three touchdown passes. 134.3 rating. I mean, he, he was as bad as he was against the Titans a week ago. He, was, he, he looked great. What do you, so you guys see the play where they put Ellinger in to run that one play? The backup QB for the Colts who came in and took the direct snap and then you – know, I don't understand that. You took, you have Wentz, you have Jonathan Taylor. If you're going to run it, hand it to him. Yes. Yeah, and if you're cute. if you're going to if motion Wentz outside, snap it to a running back instead of a backup quarterback coming off the bench cold, and who's smaller than the quarterback who could reach across the goal line. Like Ellen, I, I, that, to me, they're just overthinking to, and trying to be cute for no reason. This is a further indictment to me of Reich who really had a terrible week against the Titans uh, a week ago with yeah. the play calling and management and stuff. And I, I, I had a lot of doubts about him. Dockage told us this, that it's a, poor, a poorly coached team, and there is more and more stuff to be put in evidence uh, against him. It's it just well, overthink stuff, do weird stuff. Overthinks it, and then tried. he called that screen to Mo Alley-Cox that was zone. picked off, that was, you know, Slow a touchdown. Now – 
you know, no one will remember that play ultimately because it ended up going to overtime because the Titans gave up the touchdown on the next possession where Wentz led them down the field to force overtime last week. But yeah, I would be thinking about that play if I'm Frank Reich. And then thinking about what could have been. They started one and three. They've won three of their last four. And the one they lost was the Titans game where you just handed them a touchdown at the very end of the game. When you could have been driving to win instead yeah. of driving to tie to at tie. the end of regulation. I, I don't think that they're nearly as well managed and run as people like to believe. I think Ballard's a good personnel guy, but I don't think that team's nearly as well put together as it should be. I think they get a lot of free passes because Reich is a super nice guy and Ballard is a well, terrific scout and a t- nice guy, but I don't know that he's Eberflus been a great is GM. doing a nice job as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, they, they're very opportunistic. Uh, Darius Leonard, I mentioned this yesterday, another forced fumble. They pounce on it. Um, in today's game, you don't even go for the tackle anymore. You just try to punch the football. You, Darius Leonard, instead of going for the tackle to square up one of the Jets running backs, runs in and literally just punches the football. He doesn't even go for the tackle in an open field tackle. And it forced the, it was Ty Johnson forced the fumble. But if he had missed that, you he, look the, the yeah, he, he wraps him up with one leg, right? He still is hanging on, but it, it's like a UFC fight. He goes in and just delivers the uppercut. Hammer fist, hammer yeah, fist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hammer fist to the football. Forces the football, Colts pounce on it, they get the football and they go and score. I mean, yeah, that, the that's thing what they do. Them, they're so not dynamic as a receiving team. Pittman is really good receiver, but like yeah. we talk about, he's a big physical guy. He's like a he's AJ Brown-ish but not nearly as explosive, right? Then you got Zach Pascal who was a practice squad guy here, Pascal. Um you know, he's he's being efficient. He's making the most of his opportunities, but nobody's game planning and being scared of him. They throw to Hines a bunch and Taylor. They, they do a nice job with that. Hilton is out again there. But again, your, your speed guy is old and in and out of the lineup now. They're not dynamic. I know we addressed the playing surface in Indy last week with the Henry injury and, and with the injury on, on defense for the Colts. It, it doesn't look right. The field does not look right. I don't know if it's designed to look that way. It looks awful. I mean, it's it looks like a bad. It looks like a bad natural grass surface in late November when it's not treated properly. I like there's the something is, worn Chad, about the turf. Maybe that's intentional. But you look at other turf surfaces. It looks better than that turf. I think the thing about these fields is that everybody gives them a uh, largely a pass because they're so much better than what turf fields used to be with the pellets and the, and the give and the mobility, that while uh, there are injuries and, and it's not grass, obviously, it's so much closer to grass than the old stuff where it was like, like the putt-putt green yeah. on top of cement. AstroTurf. Yeah, that, um, that there's less and less conversation about it. It's not, it doesn't look good, their turf. And especially during a day game when the roof is open and the and the crazy shadows hit it, like during the Titans game, uh, it's just got kind of a white sheen to it um, that makes it look very not grass-like. And it's actually improved over what it used to be. I mean, they, they were criticized whenever the stadium was first built about that turf, and they've tried to upgrade and do some different things to it. Uh, it also doesn't help whenever you have a convention that's going on 
on the on the arena floor on the stadium floor the night before a game and you're laying the turf down literally overnight to get it right for warm-ups the next morning what was the convention i didn't see any goodie bags left over or anything i was, I was told that's why confetti was all over the field or what looked to be confetti thought they uh, celebrated a little early yeah you would think you would you know vacuum that up before you lay the turf down so it's complicated vacuuming because you can't <laughs> vacuum up the pellets the rubber Com- pellets Coming up, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. in the headlines. He is about to be a free agent uh, once he clears waivers. We'll discuss uh, the decision by the Browns, really the decision by Odell Beckham uh, to cause this. Um, And what Steve Smith had to say about Baker Mayfield last night on Thursday Night Football uh, during pregame. We'll get into that. Plus, we will look around NFL Week 9. Later in today's show, Week 10 across college football, some big matchups, including right here in the state of Tennessee, as the Vols travel to take on Kentucky in Lexington. This is Outkick 360. Jill Savage from Outkick the Tailgate joins us in 10 minutes. Looking forward to that. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. NFL Week 9 already here. The Sunday night football game of the week, Titans at Rams. The attention this week is being paid to Packers at Chiefs. Rodgers out with COVID, Jordan Love in. And I don't know, maybe I expected more coverage of Jordan Love in this. I have not seen much of him no, this there week. There hasn't been a lot so far. It's all it's been all Rogers. Rogers, who we haven't heard from. Everyone's speaking you know, discussing what he may or may not be thinking. Apparently, he's furious that his vaccination status is out there now, which we would have known because of quarantining and close contact based on policy. Um, nonetheless, here's Jordan Love with an opportunity. And, you know, we're, we're talking great things about Mike White after a game and a quarter. Why can't we do the same for Jordan Love? The, the, the expectation for me with him is to see him command the huddle and run this offense doesn't have to be perfect, but he needs to show that he's competent based on where the t- the, the, the Packers uh, drafted him, what they invested in him, and the time spent developing him behind the scenes. Against a Chiefs defense that he should, yeah, any quarterback should great. be able to play well against. I think no, here's Melvin the one. Ingram's debut, so yeah. there's a little new juice on the Chiefs' front. Uh, here's here's be, the one problem, though, with, that, with Jordan Love. I'm with you, Hunt. The expectation should be first-round pick. He should be a productive quarterback for the Packers in this game against a bad defense. But Zach Wilson to Mike White, a different drop-off than you're going to get Aaron Rodgers to almost anyone else. And is Aaron Rodgers so different as a quarterback in how he runs that offense that the offense suddenly is going to have to be different for him? I don't think the drop-off from Zach Wilson right now to Mike White right now, if you're a Jets fan, you're hoping eventually that drop-off is going to be huge is not that big, and they don't have to really change the offense. Does the offense change because Aaron Rodgers was doing things within that offense that Jordan Love simply can't do, so it's going to look different on, oh, su- on Sunday? Absolutely. I mean, this, the breakdown plays are not going to be the same, where he extends plays, uh, takes advantage of a flag on, on the field, the free play stuff with Rodgers is... is but again, uh, he should be fine. I, I'm, I'm with Hutton on that. I just think the look of it is going to be very... The, the feeling about the game is going to be different because of the drop-off. I don't know why... Between those two quarterbacks. I mean, but they, they should have a devised plan if it has to look different. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cooper Rush ran the Cowboys offense. 
Um, Trevor Simeon stepped in. Trevor Simeon sucks. He yeah. stepped in and ran the Saints offense. Um, I'm, Geno but, Smith is running in for well, he Russell su- he Wilson. Geno Smith just devoured the Jacksonville Jaguars. But a couple defense. games before that, you know, um, this is Mike, Mike White steps in with a terrible Jets team and throws for 400 yards without Corey Davis. The the expectation we coddle these rookies and young players so much. These backups, these guys should be able to step in and be serviceable. And and uh, too, far too often we expect the backups to come in and have a considerable drop down effect. Not for a first round pick. It's unacceptable for any team. And as critical as I've been about the Titans draft picks, I'm holding the same draft picks across the league to the same standard. They, they need to come in and produce. I I understand your expectation, and last weekend was fantastic with the production and stuff, but it's an aberration. It, it doesn't generally happen that way. So I agree with your expectation, and that's how it should work. It's not generally how it does work. Here, here's who needs to prove it in this game to me. It's Matt LaFleur. We're coming out of that Saints performance with Trevor Simeon, not talking about how great of a quarterback Trevor Simeon is. We're talking about how great of a coach Sean Payton is, that Sean Payton can have a plan and be ready to go and do some different things, like throwing to a receiver in, in white who hadn't caught a pass in five years for a big touchdown coming out of the half. That, this is where Matt LaFleur and the offensive staff for the Packers make their money. Is This is a great opportunity for them to prove it, that they can come up with a plan that's going to be successful for Jordan Love, and it's not just all Aaron Rodgers and what he does as a quarterback. Yes, but... And part of that's how he uses Aaron Jones in this If game. Jordan Love plays well, I'm going to give him credit. I'm not going to be saying, oh, LaFleur devised a game plan that took the advantage of Jordan. I mean, he's doing the same thing with Rodgers. Like, if the quarterback comes in and plays well, because he's talented enough to where they drafted him to come in and play well based on the offense that you're running. And the, the head coach wanted him there. I, I, I expect him to come in and be competent with the offense instead of hearing broadcasters and media members make excuses for why he comes in and doesn't play well against that well, Kansas City just, I won't make excuses you just if said he's Trevor not Simeon good. I'll sucked, say he sucked. Right? Trevor Simeon does suck. Did he's he suck third, on Sunday? He's a third-string quarterback. But did he suck on Sunday? Trevor Simeon. But what are we talking about coming out of that game? It's Peyton. Well, it's Peyton's plan because he did that with a quarterback who sucks. I'm with you on this, Hutton. Jordan Love should not suck. Right. He's a first-round pick that's different with those two quarterbacks. My point is, if but, Trevor Simeon can come off the bench and do it, if Cooper Rush can come off the bench and do it, this guy should be able to come off the bench as a first-round pick who's been sitting on the bench for a year and a half. He should be able to come in and run an offense. I'm totally with you. I'm telling you, if it happens, I think that Matt LaFleur deserves some credit also for changing the plan to whatever fits Jordan Love best and being successful in this game. Both are going to be true in this game. They screwed up when they drafted Jordan Love. Yes, I think they And this is their chance to him. prove that they didn't screw up to the level everyone knows they screwed up. I think they so overdrafted the guy, overdrafted a guy who's probably not very good and uh, you know, for their sake, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I they misplayed expect them their on, hand too with their starting Sunday quarterback to offer further evidence of that. I I think the the expectation is that they've overplayed their hand. We haven't seen this guy play. Well, he played a little bit in the preseason. Why, why, I mean, why are we already setting the excuses forward of, well, they, they overplayed their hand in that draft. It is what it is. Move forward. Like I, I, They're saying they didn't. We, we have no reason to believe one way or the other here. There, there's a lot on the table with Love's performance against Kansas City. 
On the well, road at Arrowhead. There is because they've got the, the Aaron Rodgers decision to make with this fifth-year option on right. Love. That's where they overplayed right. their hand with, with Love is forcing a fifth-year option decision on a first-year pick who, if Aaron Rodgers continued to play well, they were going to have no evidence on to, to make a fifth-year no option decision. That's the stupidity of the whole thing. Yeah, but we that, said from the beginning. I mean, if they draft any true. quarterback in the third round or fourth what round of five? that year, we're not talking about any of this. Aaron Rodgers isn't upset. We're not that having a whole off season of discontent in his first with Aaron Rodgers. He never would have played. Everything is fine. It's the fact that they took this guy in the first round and pissed and off their franchise him. quarterback in and the process. That, that's why. That's why it's a story. And for him personally, I mean, he he gets a chance to, and he's played. He's been quiet behind the scenes. I mean, he's. Honestly, he's treated this situation a lot like Aaron Rodgers treated the Brett Favre situation. We didn't hear much from Aaron Rodgers whenever he was drafted, and there was a weird dynamic with all of it. And now Love gets his opportunity. And the, the thought is that he's he's the quarterback of the future. Well, let's see the, the Packers uh, prove everyone wrong with the, with the decision that they made. I'm not saying that you go to him immediately after the season if you can keep Aaron Rodgers. I would want to keep Aaron Rodgers, too. He's the reigning defending MVP. But you could show something to where, hey, we might have something when Aaron Rodgers leaves after this year or after next. This is the guy we can move forward with. That That's the opportunity with, with this game. Preseason passing. Uh, I don't have the totals in front of me. Uh, it wasn't anything special. I mean, preseason is never really anything special, though. Well, sometimes a guy, I think Rodgers didn't play in the preseason, right? Makai so Sargent was a preseason specialty. He's he's now on the Rams practice squad. Yeah. But, I mean, Love, it, it, it's the sample we got of Love, and he was playing at the beginning of games, unlike Sargent. 30-1 um, to 1 money line odds on that game, by the way. You could pick the Chiefs if you, are, you know, if you think that Jordan Love's going to just turn around and, you know, fumble the football and throw picks and dun, 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 make, dun, dun, the, dun, dun, make the Chiefs dun, dun, defense dun, 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 dun. look like a top defense in the NFL. You get 30 to 1 odds. FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Straight money line bet. You bet $5 to win $150. It's got to be your first bet with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash OK360. The offer is valid in all legal states where FanDuel operates. We are headed to T-Town, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Right after today's show, Outkick the Tailgate, presented by Farm Folio tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, leading up to tomorrow night's game between Alabama and LSU. But we're going to set the table for all things college football tomorrow. Jill Savage on her way to Tuscaloosa. Now she joins us. I'm not sure where. It, maybe it's the same gas station oh, where yeah. uh, she joined us the last time she was on her way to Tuscaloosa, driving up from Dallas. Jill, how are you? I am doing well. Yeah, it's a Chevron again somewhere in Louisiana. I don't I don't quite know where I am, but on the way to Tuscaloosa and uh, excited for this one and excited to have Chad uh, with us at Ennisfree for the first time. He missed our first go around, so we're excited for this one. This guy's always at a wedding. That's his thing. He's he's booked up for wedding. One one wedding, two events. That's what that's been my fall. <laughs> Uh, Let's so make far. it three. I have so many people who are like, you just just don't go to the wedding. Just get out of the way. I'm like, getting- this is one of my best friends from high school. I'm in the wedding. If I had any way to not go to this wedding, I would. But I'm in the wedding. I would encourage talks and everything. I would encourage fans of our show to send Chad wedding invitations. <laughs> I think this would be a fun, loves, fun game. Yes, he he likes fall weddings. Jill, do you have stock in Chevron? Or why always a Chevron? 
I, listen, I was over at the Exxon across the, the street, but there were wrong. dogs barking and it was loud and there was a McDonald's and there were a ton of people driving through. So for your show, thank you. I drove across. I'm great with thank dogs. You. I'm great with dogs on the air. It's one of my things. He can calm those I dogs. Quiet, I quiet wait, them. Wait. Chad, the first rule of thumb is don't have friends that get married during football season. Yeah, I, I think uh, I did. I'm going to blame this one on the bride who I've not even met uh, because I don't think my buddy would have made this call. I think this was more of a, a bride decision. I love decision. this. The bride I've never even met. Yeah, I haven't met her. I'll, I'll meet her at the wedding. She's hey, not in the congr- States yet. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, best wishes. I'm, I'm very bold on this, but I think life events can trump. She hasn't made her way to the United States yet. <laughs> I think life events can trump football. She gets in from Estonia on, uh, on the next Thursday, I think, or the night Paul, before the wedding. Paul, we agree to differ there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a football game. Jill, as opposed to Jill, a life here's, together. Here's my question. So the last it's time not you a guys game, it's a football weekend. Yeah, yes. That's right. La- last time the you guys weekend. were at Innisfree was for a uh, 2:30 Central kick. We will be there for right. a 6 p.m. kick. So can we bring enough energy to have a buzz around Innisfree that far in advance of a game? That's my question. Well, who will you. Iowa be losing to? You watch that. No. Paul, please. One it question at a time. It, Get your eye on question. It, it Go doesn't ahead, even matter anymore, Paul. It doesn't matter. We're, we're out of it. We shouldn't even be ranked. It's fine. Uh, can we bring a buzz that early? I will say in the SEC, sure. Plus the fact that we're giving away uh, autographed gear by Nick Saban. I think we have a football and a jersey from Nick Saban uh, that will be autographed. So I think coming with tons of drink specials, Trip, who is the owner there, and is free, is an amazing guy. I love love that we have him. Uh, that'll be he'll be joining us again. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna have fun time, and I think that if you're in Tuscaloosa, you should come out and party with us because that is, I think, that's the SEC way of uh, of getting a good weekend started. I mean, we were we had the the Uber line. Chad wrapped around Innisfree whenever we showed up to work the next you know that Saturday morning. There were still people leaving the bar. From Friday night, I I really want the Joey to, Freshwater. Team. I really want to capture the stragglers. Yeah. I want to get a crowd of people that are just leaving the bar. I want to keep them there. I want to corral them, tell them there are no oh, Ubers no, available. They have to stay in the bar, and then we have the eight a.m. crowd. But I'm not talking about your mommy and daddy's eight a.m. crowd. I'm talking about <laughs> uh, your niece and nephew's eight a.m. crowd that just got done partying. That's still there partying with us. We need that crowd tomorrow. You guys are salmon swimming upstream against these people coming out. That's what we need. Uh, Jake Coker will be there with us, former Bama quarterback champion. Uh, we also will have Dan Dockage uh, on site with us at Innisfree in Tuscaloosa. Looking forward to that. And as a part of the show, which starts at 9 o'clock uh, Eastern, Jill mentioned it, we have the autographed uh, Saban gear, the football and the jersey that we will be giving away. Uh, as a part of the show, Jill, we, we've been doing the social polls, the poll questions. Uh, Outkick 360 is where you can uh, lay in your vote and uh, join in on the conversation. Give us an example of what we're, we're hitting tomorrow. Yeah, the first poll question is, who would you give the final playoff spot to this week? Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, or Michigan are your options. And coming from the Pac-12, working for Oregon specifically before the Pac-12 network was even a thing when I went to work for them, uh, I would not put Oregon in the fourth spot this weekend. So we'll get into all of that, I'm sure, on the show. But uh, yeah, some Pac-12 hot takes for you coming at you on Saturday morning. I think this is a runaway on Saturday. It's got to be Cincinnati. I think it's a runaway. I think it's got to be Cincinnati. 
And this is, again, you know, after one week of having some say in the poll question, I, I was completely excommunicated again this week. Jill, was this your question, Solar, <laughs> this week? Was, 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 Michigan, was Michigan your option that absolutely should not be an option on this list? Actually, you know, Michigan you could argue Ohio be. State shouldn't be an option on this list, given who they've beaten this year or who they haven't beaten this year. So it's a good poll question. Good so, job, Joe. I mean, good job. Yeah, I'm actually I, I giving you a compliment. Totally Chad, where, where is Oklahoma on this list? If you want another input, just, just go ahead and text me, buddy. Like, you have my number. Well, so we only have four options, right? That's the problem we That's have. That's the limitation. Of because three. Hutton's right. right. Oklahoma needs to be on there. Wake Forest needs to be on there. Right. We need more teams on there, but we, we're limited to our options. So I'm going to give Jill a pass this time. I the rankings. I, I'm giving just, you a pass you know, four, this five, one six, time. Seven. Just this one time, Jill. Very I'm going to give you a pass. Very gracious, Chad. You're All right, Chad, you're, you're doing the questions again next week. Good. Let's do a one week on, one week off and see how they go. Okay. I'm, I'm down. Jill, I mentioned... And then, and then you're in Twitter timeout. I mentioned earlier in the show that um, going to the game at Bryant-Denny Stadium uh, for Ole Miss was much like a church service where you walked in and you knew what you were there to see. You had dinner on the ground and then you went back home and everyone was happy. Um, you think there'll be a different buzz with LSU in the stadium? I think with it being a night game and then having Alabama actually have lost a game this season, I do expect uh, a little different vibe uh, for Saturday night. At least that's what I'm hoping for, because I'm hoping that we get that electric atmosphere that we also desperately want and need. I I think that last weekend it was so cool uh, at the cocktail party that everybody was out having fun. It helped that it was, you know, right there at that, that two 30 window again. Um, But yeah, I think, when, when you look at Alabama, hey, the fans, they've lost one now, so I think that they might come in with a, a little different feel. I think the only way this game has an electric atmosphere is if LSU surprises. If this game, yeah. like the Tennessee game, is a game at the half, a game in the third and fourth quarter, possession. that stadium will come alive if they feel threatened at all. If not, I think it's wishful thinking to think this is going to be – it's going to be worse than Ole Miss. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt. Like, Ole Miss had Elaine Kiffin coming back home – you know, they'd had, they were undefeated. Both teams were unbeaten at the time. Like, th- this, is, this is lame duck, Coach O, LSU limping in here. Uh, Alabama's expecting to roll. But if LSU does something early, that's if where they you get return the here. opening kickoff or something. Well, we just be see. close at halftime. You know, yeah. the, the, the stadium will come alive if they feel threatened at all. But I, I don't know that they're going to be threatened. They're not going to be threatened. Tennessee and Kentucky is going to be playing at, at the same time. And, uh, Joe, we're going to have to get uh, Chad's attention on that game. I, it, I, hey, we're going to have to have it on in the TVs or something. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to have iPads or we will have it on. or whatever because Chad will be locked in to that game. And rightfully so. I think that one has a lot more intrigue, you know, than, than the LSU line, at least when you look at it. Well, how about so the 18th, I, I'm with you, Chad. The 18th team in the country at home. against at home against unranked Tennessee, and it's a pick'em. Yeah, it started at four, and now it's a pick'em, and I bet it's going to be a Tennessee favored tomorrow. By kickoff, it'll probably be Tennessee minus two, uh, with the money coming in. Chad, what, I've been amazed by it. Did, everyone nationally, even Jill is is picking Tennessee in this game, which is crazy to see. Did you bet early in the week on this one? Yeah, I bet Kentucky money line uh, <laughs> early in the week because. I get very nervous whenever everyone's picking one side. Either way, he wins. Uh, yeah, I, I made sure to get uh, – can, once it got to a pick em, I went ahead and picked Kentucky uh, money line uh, on that game. I just How, how's the wi interest for tomorrow. How's the Wi-Fi in Tuscaloosa in the stadium? Because I'm going to need to know that to, to watch that game on my phone. 
I, I think it'll be fine. Okay, we're, we're going to be in a suite. We won't be roughing it with the rest. Of the I people. took that as a Farm guarantee that you're going to be able to watch. The Wi-Fi is 5G. elite. Is elite just like Nick Saban in the state. Five G. Six G. Jill, uh, thank you. Drive safe, travel safe, and we will uh, see you in Tuscaloosa. All right. See you guys when you get here. Take care. Jill Savage, I'll kick the tailgate. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Jill underscore Savage. Uh, speaking of college football, coming up, Chad Withrow's top 10 games of the Week 10 slate. Alabama LSU, there was a spoiler earlier in the show. We know they're number 10 on the list. Only nine remain Where for the Where is Tennessee-Kentucky? That's a marquee matchup. There is a better matchup in the SEC, though. And we'll find out where Chad has that game oh, ranked. Yes, there is. That is uh, straight ahead on OutKick 360. Some good games across the SEC this weekend. Outkick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us from Knoxville to Huntsville, Florence, Alabama, Muscle Shoals, the Upper Cumberland, Sports Radio 104.7. We say hello to you and hello to everybody watching on YouTube, on Twitter. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can download the podcast wherever you'd like to. Just search out Outkick 360. Chad Withrow has the floor. It is time for this weekend's top 10 college football game. Fastest growing segment. Yes, let's dive right into it. And we're going to start in the SEC. We're going to start where we are headed for Outkick the Tailgate. That is Tennessee at Kentucky. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama hosting LSU. I'm, I'm looking at the, wrong, yeah, the bottom, wrong thing. Bottom up, Chief. LSU at Alabama, uh, 28 and a half point line. Uh, Got to be real <laughs> Can honest. Can it get to 30? Got to be real honest. Oh, this yeah. is this is me being a company man right now. But the fact that we're there is why this is on the list. I probably would have bumped it out. I don't think this is close. I think the only way this thing uh, gets interesting for the crowd on hand in Tuscaloosa is if LSU uh, gives a scare to Alabama. I will say... LSU has the talent to be in this game in the fourth quarter. Do they have the drive given that they know they're not going to be playing for this head coach after this year? How about this? Two years after their national championship, Alabama LSU is not deserving of being on a top 10 list for college football games on a weekend. Well, also, this was the game, Hudden, that we circled in the preseason and said, well, we'll definitely be there. Yeah, yeah. This is the game of the year. We'll, we'll definitely be at LSU at Alabama. That's the game to be at this week. And we are there this week. But it's number 10 on my list. Back to the list. Number nine. Let's go to the Big 12. Oklahoma State, a three-and-a-half point favorite at West Virginia. West Virginia with a big home win over Iowa State this past week. This game is at 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. West Virginia is not a very good team, but they are a sneaky team, especially in Morgantown. Oklahoma State trying to stay in the mix as that one-loss team. They get Oklahoma at the end of the season. There are Big 12 championship implications in this game. Really like this game at number nine, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Number eight, Liberty at Ole Miss. So many people hyping this game up as, boy, this is a revenge game for Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze is going to get revenge. Revenge for what? <laughs> Hugh Freeze embarrassed the university that paid him a ton of money. What, what, what is, who's getting revenge here? Ole I don't Miss. understand that. This was the same thing about well, Lane Kiffin's going to come back and get revenge. Revenge for what? Lane Kiffin screwed Tennessee over. This is not a revenge game for Hugh Freeze. I like Ole Miss in this game. This I like a, this offensive matchup and quarterback matchup, Hutton. Malik Willis, yeah. Matt Corral, not going to see many games this year with two first-round quarterbacks. This has the possibility this, for that. This reminds me of like a 5-12 matchup 
in the NCAA tournament. Yes, where fifty percent of the time it's a blowout, but there's this hope, this hope that you're going to get one that comes down to the buzzer, and there's an opportunity for Liberty to do just that against Ole Miss's defense. This is um, a game that everyone circles the twelve on too. Yeah. Right, this and is, and by that. the way, this may have been actually a 12-5 matchup in the NCAA tournament at some point. Old, Liberty yeah. and Ole Miss as 12 versus 5 in a basketball matchup. Really like that game. Two great quarterbacks, two good offensive minds and Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin. Love that uh, November non-conference matchup between Liberty and Ole Miss. Game number 7. Ohio State at Nebraska. This is the big noon kickoff game on Fox. You see this matchup, and every time it pops up, my wife Angie, a Nebraska fan from Nebraska, every time during the World Series, they'd say the promo, big noon kickoff is going to be in Lincoln. And she says, oh, great, thanks. Thanks for showing this on national TV and promoting this during the World Series where Nebraska is going to get drubbed in this game. I'm here to tell you it's a 15-point line. That's not a huge line. Why? Nebraska should have beaten Michigan State. Nebraska should have beaten Michigan These are two top 10 teams. Nebraska has been very close. Scott Frost's problem has been that they cannot get over the hump in these close games. Don't be surprised if Nebraska's right there with Ohio State in the fourth quarter of this game. They're not that far off right now, even though the record would tell you otherwise. Like this game, big noon kickoff on Fox, Ohio State at Nebraska. Problem with Nebraska is as long as Adrian Martinez is the quarterback, they're not winning. They need to move on at quarterback. Game number six. Now we get to the now, one that I started with earlier that was, a, that was hot Top on my of mind. mind. Tennessee at Kentucky. It's an even line. Tennessee on the road at the number 18 ranked team in the country. This is a night kickoff on ESPN2. Kentucky is basically Tennessee of two weeks ago. They're banged up, starting nose tackle, out. Starting linebacker, out. Chris Rodriguez, great running back, questionable. They've got some injury concerns going into this game. They've had a hard time stopping the pass this season. They've had a hard time passing this season. Tennessee has been very good defensively against the run. All of that promise shown by Will Levis and Liam Cohen in the first couple games has gone away. Kentucky has the second worst pass offense in the conference just ahead of Vanderbilt. I like the matchup for Tennessee. A lot of people like the matchup for Tennessee. They're healthy. Cade Mays is back. Cooper Mays is back. Hendon Hooker's back at 100%. Tyon Evans is back close to 100%. If Tennessee can run the ball against Kentucky's front, and Kentucky has been tough to run the ball against, but they're banged up up the middle. If they can do that, this could be a very good night for Tennessee and a possible statement maker against a top 20 opponent in year one for Josh Heupel. Certainly a game to watch. Tennessee at Kentucky on ESPN2. The top five games for Chad Withrow as we roll through and we get to the number one. I have a feeling where number one is going. Number five, Michigan State at Purdue. We will roll quickly through these. This is a three-point line. Purdue, we already saw it. Sorry, Jill Savage, if you're watching. Um, destroying Iowa earlier this year. They have played spoiler before. A couple years back. You remember they beat Ohio State when they were number two in the country. Now they get Michigan State in this game. Michigan State only a three-point favorite. 3.30 ABC kickoff for that one. Game number four. Here we go. Wake Forest at North Carolina. Wake Forest, Dave Clawson, a name I saw this morning as a possibility at USC. 
for the opening there. Has done a great job Don't at Wake Forest. Don't sleep on UNC here. UNC minus two and a half. Again, Wake Forest. You want to see that out-of-balance ranking versus what Vegas thinks? Just like Tennessee, Kentucky. Wake Forest undefeated, number eight in the country at North Carolina. North Carolina struggling this year, but a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Coming up, we will preview Mississippi State, Arkansas, Oregon, Washington, plus... Auburn and Texas a and We're going depth on the top three games for this college football weekend. And we will also hit a lot of those games that you just heard about. We will hit with Bobby Carpenter. Bobby Carpenter about to join us in 30 minutes. Uh, looking forward to chatting with him, the college football analyst from OutKick. A lot of Bobby, in-depth contact. Bobby is terrific, and there's some great Big Ten action. Yes. And Bobby has close personal friends at Cincinnati, so we can get into the uh, dilemma with the Bearcats moving forward. We chat Auburn, Texas A&M. We also discuss Odell Beckham Jr., who is out in Cleveland. Where could he be headed? We'll discuss that and more straight ahead. Outkick 360 rolls on on this Friday afternoon.